0: Good morning, Gateway. My name's Corey Crandall, and today I get the opportunity to share with you a little about radiating joyfully. And so we're in the middle of a series called One Month to Live, and hey, let's give it up for Joe Maloney. Let's just give another round. Because the, the first week we talked about living passionately, and there's a display about a guy who's living passionately for a ministry that he's involved in, and that matters. So I hope you heard his words and you take them to heart and that you do something with those words. So I'm going to be talking today about the Christian life and how we radiate the joy given to us by the Holy Spirit. And I want to say something up top here, which is I talk about joy as a man who lives in one of the richest, safest places on earth. I'm in the land of liberty and freedom full of first world problems. I don't wake up or go to bed hungry, wondering where my next meal will come from, or worse, wondering where my kid's next meal is going to come from. I don't stay awake at night, wondering if I'm going to be killed for my faith, or worse, if my family's going to be slaughtered because of my faith. I've never been in war, I've never killed someone, and death has mostly kept its distance. I've never been a victim of a brutal crime, and the truth is, I haven't experienced so many of the horrors, pain, and sorrow that so many people have faced, and if you're one of those people, I am sorry, I am really, really sorry. It's a horrible thing. And so I don't want to dismiss your experience, your pain, or your struggle. But the good news is that you don't have to take my word on joy. We have a Bible which is written and authored by Jesus Christ. The Son of God became man and walked this earth. He was tempted, challenged by man and Satan, and neither prevailed. Jesus made the blind see the lame walk Turned water to wine, rose a man from the dead, calmed the sea, and halted the wind. He was betrayed by one in his inner circle, who humiliated, beaten, whipped, mocked, and then crucified. He was forsaken, and he took the entire weight of sin of the world upon himself. And in the most miraculous event in all of human history, he rose from the dead. This Jesus lived life with joy and instructed us to do the same. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. The Bible is full of examples of those who understand and practice living out the joy of the Lord through some tough circumstances. Joseph, a man whose brothers sold him into slavery to pretend he was dead. He was sold to an Egyptian master where he rose to a place of prominence only to be falsely accused and imprisoned. In prison he rose to prominence and eventually became second only to the king in all of Egypt. And then he forgave and had mercy on his brothers in their time of need. A life lived with joy. Job, the book written for a primer on country music. Every cowboy has a sad, sad song where the job is gone, house is gone, wife is gone, trucks broken down and to top it off the dog dies. Job is the original country music song. But he learned, he had it bad, but he learned a life of joy in the Lord. Daniel, a young man in Israel captured by the Babylonians, taken away to a strange land. He was honest and hardworking, and he rose to the political ranks. He found joy in the word of the Lord and in prayer. And because of it, he was thrown to the lions, but he was protected by God. And the king decreed that all the land should fear and respect the God of Daniel. A life lived with the joy of the Lord. Paul, we're going to spend some more time with Paul, but here's a story in Acts 16. This passage is in your life group guide, and I really hope you have time to dig into this. Paul and Silas bump into this gal, Lydia. They baptize her. Then they cast a demon out of another woman and get beat and thrown in prison for it. So what do they do after being wrongly imprisoned? Sing hymns for the joy of the Lord. And the jailer has to be saved. And then the jailer's household gets saved. And then they rejoice together. Oh yeah. And then the higher-ups come and apologize to them and set them free. A life lived with joy for the Lord. Mary. So some of these previous examples have been some serious stuff. You know, guys getting thrown to lions, sold into slavery. A lot of bad stuff. Here's a... If you're like me... Surrounded more by first world problems, here's a story for you. We think we, think we have a tendency, uh, I think we have a tendency to dismiss joy in the midst of our trials, this concept, because our trials aren't big enough, aren't severe enough. But really, ours are just more subtle, but every bit as dangerous to our faith. Take Mary and Martha. Jesus had been invited to Martha and Mary's house. Martha was doing all the work while Mary sat at the feet of Jesus and listened to his teaching. Mary took joy in Jesus. Martha wasn't happy about this, and she said so to Jesus. And Jesus basically basically rebuked her for it. I am here, and she's taking joy in me. And I I think there's a lesson here that whatever it is that we're doing, we should do with this joy of the Lord. So hey, it's great for Mary to sit at the feet of Jesus and learn. And it's not bad. That Martha is doing a bunch of work, preparing things and getting things ready to serve. That needs to be done too. But just do that thing with the joy of the Lord. A life lived with joy. I also want to say that I'm a man who falls very short of the words the Lord has given me to speak. The very message I'm delivering to you today convicts me. I don't know why I'm surprised every time this happens... As I prepare for a life group or a Sunday sermon, a message to students at college or TPX or whatever it is, the same thing always happens. I get excited. I'm like, yes, yes, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to teach. I'm going to convict. I'm going to bless. This is going to be awesome. And then there I sit, and I'm the guy. I'm the guy that gets taught. I'm the guy that gets convicted. I'm the guy that gets blessed. So thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for the joy of your presence. Thank you for giving me the opportunity by listening to hear what I have to say. And I, I really hope and pray that the Holy Spirit moves in you and that you're drawn closer to Jesus today. So to start Radiate Joy, start radiating joy, I was going to have some folks come up and sing a song, but we're running a little short on time, so I'm going to cut that out. And you get the pleasure of hearing me sing a very, very small portion of a song. See, I was going to save you all the ple- this, this. You might laugh, but uh, I was gonna, we are going to sing a round of this song because when my wife's family gets together... There's always a lot of singing. And we're called in you know, Philippians, it tells us, to rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. And there's a song based on this. You know, it's, it's fun, it's uplifting, and it's biblical. So when you get together as families, you have to sing. You should sing. Uh, as a matter of fact, if you look for joy in the ESV version of the Bible, you find 171 verses. And a whole bunch of those are used in the context of singing. You'll see joy, and then somewhere in that same phrase, you'll see singing. So there's this song, and it it goes something, something, something like this. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice, rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice, 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 and again I say rejoice, 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 and again I say rejoice. And that's the song, right? And you sing this over and over, thank you. And you sing this over and over again. And what's cool is when you sing it in rounds, like all the males start to sing, and then the females jump in on the second line, and it like echoes and it plays off each other, and it sounds really, really cool. So maybe we'll do it a different day, or feel brave, do it in your life groups. How much fun will that be, right? Hey, and you can always call me. I will come, and I will lead your life group in singing, okay? Free of charge, you just get to laugh, all right? So uh, we're also going to. There's a we have a bucket. We have a bucket list uh, video that we were going to show, but again, we're running short on time, so we're just going to skip it. I'll just sum it up for you. Okay. Basically, Morgan Freeman uh, in this in this story tells his buddy Jack Nicholas, um, "Hey, you need to go find the joy in your life. Find the joy in your life." And my question is, so where does one look for joy? Where Where is this thing found? What is it? What do you do with it? Well, joy is found in knowing God and understanding Jesus' sacrifice. The irony of this is that if you search for joy, you're not very likely to find it in the way that you're supposed to experience. But if you search for God, you'll find God and joy. Folks can look in all kinds of places for joy. Kids' sporting events, substances like drugs and alcohol, you can find it in work, you can find it in success. You, you can look and you can search and you can look and you're not going to find the joy that the Lord has for you. So in this section here where I'm going to talk about what joy is, I feel a little bit like the reference section in the back of your Bible where if you just go look up joy because I'm not going to use a bunch of my words here. We're going to run through some scripture here pretty quickly, so, so buckle up. But the fruit of the Spirit is love. Joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Galatians 5. Joy is a fruit of the Spirit. True joy is a gift from God that lives inside of us. It's a gift from the Holy Spirit. Psalms 4.7. You have put more joy in my heart than they have when their grain and wine abound. So let me tell you, I have seen some pretty happy people when the money and wine are flowing. But if you think about that verse and what the psalmist is saying there, you have put more joy in my heart. Think of, I don't know, if you want to think of like Wall Street or some massive party and what looks like fun, okay? God has given us, he fills us with a joy that is greater than that fleeting thing. Romans fifteen thirteen. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. Psalm 92, 4, For you, O Lord, have made me glad by your work. At the works of your hands I sing for joy. God created joy. If we look for God's work and gifts in our life, we will always have joy. If we get caught up in temporary hardships and worldly desires... Our joy will be fleeting and weak. Isaiah 35.10. This was in your uh, 2020, and we're going to hit on this at the very end. So if you read it, hopefully this will be familiar to you. And the ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing. Everlasting joy shall be upon their heads. They shall obtain gladness and joy and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. Ransomed of the Lord... We were prisoners to our sin, separated from God, but Jesus paid the price. He paid our ransom, and we we're released by his sacrifice on the cross. And this, this is the kicker, Hebrews 12, 1 through 2. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which sings so close, which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising shame and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. This is the joy of the Lord. This this is the key. Jesus endured the cross. He died bearing our sins and then was raised up at the right hand of God. And because of this, as far as the east is from the west, which in case you don't know how far that is, it's a long, long way. So far have our sins been removed from us. So I think Scripture is pretty clear on where joy is found. It's in Jesus Christ. And my question to you is, where are you looking? Where are you looking for joy in this life? Is it in Jesus? And if you look... And if you look for Jesus and you look for this joy, you will also find that the joy of the Lord is infectious and infuriating at the same time. If we look back at those stories that I opened with, if you think about the joy of the Lord in those people's lives, right, it, it's, it, it radiates and it affects other people, and they want to get to know the Lord. And so it's infectious. It's also infuriating because there are people that get really, really mad when they're confronted with someone who's living with the joy of the Lord, and then they beat them up, or they throw them in prison, or they lie about them, and they falsely accuse them of things. These things may happen to you when you live a life of joy in the Lord. In high school, I had a track coach who was really big on being positive, and he took, I ran middle distance, 400, 800, and he took, he took our group, and he basically just said, hey, listen we don't have negativity here, okay? You're gonna be encouraging to your teammates and you will not run if you have a bad attitude or if you're negative because both of, both of these things are infectious, okay? And, and that's the way we practiced, that's the way we ran, that's the way we operated. And the point of this story is that in, on one day, we used to run with the sprinters and we had this one workout, that was, it was horrible, it's like you run 200s, you have to run it at a fast pace, you get 30 seconds rest, and you run it again, you do that 12 times. I threw up every single time we did that workout, every single time, and after practice one day, the sprinter coach asked our middle distance coach, "Hey." How do, you get your, how do you get your athletes to be so positive and encouraging? you got a guy puking his guts up over here, and he's happy about it. What, what are you doing? And he told him about you know, this, 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 the way that things are positive. Okay? And the thing I want to emphasize here is that this coach, Coach Coleman, was a Christian. And infused in this, this, this method that he was teaching us was this joy of the Lord. And it was a marker point on my way to accepting Christ. Like, the way that he lived his life for running affected me and drew me closer to Jesus. How in your life can you live this joy of the Lord and affect someone else? In Romans 14, uh, chapter 17 through 19, or chapter 14, verses 17 through 19, uh, the king, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Whoever... Thus serves Christ as acceptable to God and approved by men. So then, let us pursue what makes for peace and mutual upbuilding. So, this infectious nature of joy, when you have it, sometimes it it bubbles up, and it's almost like you know when you shake like a soda can, and the fizz comes up. It just and it's hard to contain it, and it want to just sort it just wants to erupt. So, I'm a trustee, and we have trustee meetings, and sometimes we have really hard meetings, and we have to talk about hard stuff, and we have to figure things out. And we all came together one time, and I told the guy, when we first got there, I basically just said, hey, I I think we should sing together, and I think that would be good for us. And Scott Sterling looked at me and said, go ahead. I was like, well, okay. So I sang uh, Shout for the Lord. I led them in Shout for the Lord. And we all sang together. And and, and it was awesome. It was great. And afterwards, when we got done, it did not take Bill Byer more than one second to say, well, only God could have found joy in that noise. And he was right. And, and, And he was right, you know. Only God could find joy in the noise that I was making. But you know what? That's enough for me. It's why I could stand here and be a horrible singer and sing in front of you. Because, yeah, my face might get red, I might get this burning feeling that like extends out to my fingers and I'm all tingly. I might be embarrassed. I would have all sorts of physiological responses that would be screaming, no, stop. And I don't do it because I'm a good singer, obviously. And I don't do it because I want attention. I don't do it to please you, except maybe to make you laugh. No, I'm fine singing here. Because there's a force inside of me that's greater than the embarrassment that I might feel. It is the joy of the Lord that I want to radiate, that I want to share. And that's okay, I'm okay if you think I'm a fool. It's fine because I know where my identity is found. And it's found in Christ. My king, your king, takes joy in hearing your voice, raised in praise to him. He takes joy in the life that you live for him look, hey, the Christian life is not doom and gloom. We have a reason, more reason than anybody, to be joyful and celebratory. Have some fun. Take a chance at being joyful. Be like Chris Fuller. Show up at someone's house. Be joyful and help them with the project. Be like Mark and Haley Newcomer with junk in your trunk, shaking your booty at a life group party. All right? Be like Mike Roderick. Buy somebody's meal for them and don't tell them about it. Be like Scott Hatfield. Have fun with a stranger at Worlds of Fun. But mostly, be like Jesus. Turn someone's water into wine. Take their frown and turn it upside down. Do something uncomfortable in the spirit of joyfulness. Radiate that joy. When we live our lives with joy, the natural effect should be a shining light towards Jesus. Living with joy will set us apart. It will make us different. People will notice. But I don't want you to think that that's enough. Just living your life as a Christian, it's not enough. Shouldn't we be compelled with our words to share the good news of Jesus Christ? Look at what happens when we do. In Acts. And when the Gentiles had heard this, they began rejoicing and glorifying the word of the Lord. And as many as were appointed to eternal life believed. And the word of the Lord was spreading throughout the whole region... But the Jews, in of the devout women of high standing and the leading men of the city, stirred up persecution against Paul and Barnabas Barnabas, and drove them out of their district. But they shook off the dust from their feet and went to Iconium. And the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. And doesn't this passage display this infectious and infuriating nature of joy. People are believing and are knowing Christ and are rejoicing and hands up and are super excited about it. And know people are really mad and inciting violence against them and kicking them out and the disciples say hey, fine, we'll go share our joy somewhere else. That's okay. So we're to, we're to be both um, infectious and infuriating. You just need to understand that living a life of joy is going to set some people against you. And this is going to be all the more true in difficult circumstances, both the infectious part of it and the infuriating part of it. Living a life of joy doesn't mean you are always going to feel the emotion of happiness or joy. All right? I'm going to talk just a little bit, a very brief, because this is a whole sermon all on its own, about the difference between happiness and joy. But really, it's not so much a difference between happiness and joy as it is The difference between happiness joy and true happiness joy, right? Because some people think that happiness is a fleeting thing and only an emotion and that joy isn't. But when you look in the Bible at what joy is, it's closely connected with an emotion as well. You will sing for joy, so there's emotion tied into it. But the main takeaway here is that with the true joy, you have have a base, a solid layer. That is an unwavering connection to the Lord, and that is the source of your joy. And so that's really all I'm going to say about that right now. And we can talk more about it later. But that's the brief summary of sort of where I stand on like happiness and joy, right? I also want to talk about feeling this emotion of joy and happiness. Oh, should we be smiley faces all the time? We're just walk around. We're just happy Christians, and everything's fine. My life's really horrible right now, but everything's fine. I don't think so, because. Jesus, in the garden of Gethsemane, the man was sweating blood out of his pores. He was in physical agony. Do you think he was smiling? Do you think he had this, hey, everything's fine? I don't think so. So I want to let you know that, hey, a time for everything under the sun, it is okay to be happy, and it's okay to be sad, and you can still have the joy of the Lord in all of those times. All right? Jesus... Went to a temple, money changers, ripping people off. He flips over a table, takes a bullwhip, snap, okay? This guy probably does not have a smile on his face, okay? So I want to let you know that there is a time to be angry. There is a time to be sad. And during this, you can all have the joy of the Lord. As Christians, we're not guaranteed an easy, carefree painless life. As a matter of fact we can expect to be exposed to some nasty stuff. Christ calls us to be the light of the world to radiate his joy what good is light in an already well lit place? Light goes into the darkness we will be exposed to difficult circumstances because God has called us to them because of sin in our world Joe Maloney and full wife they are going to a dark place and they are bringing lights with them And that is great and that is amazing and I am proud of them. You guys are doing good work. Thank you for what you do. Bad stuff is going to happen. And what do we do in those circumstances? We have to remember that the joy of the Lord is our strength. And Nehemiah says, Then he said to them, Go your way, eat the fat and drink sweet wine and send portions to anyone who has nothing ready. For this day is holy to our Lord and do not be grieved for the joy of the Lord of the Lord is your strength. You might find it surprising to know that there is a Twilight Paris song from the 80s or 90s that basically said, the joy of the Lord is our strength. And there are a lot of times and when I think things are pretty bad that I sing that song in my head. Again, I usually don't sing out loud, but I sing it in my head. If I'm carrying pickets or digging a post hole or it's hot and Customer's not happy. The joy of the Lord is my strength. The joy of the Lord is my strength. I can do this. I can get through this. Find something that you can easily repeat in your head to remind you when things are rough where your joy really is and where your strength really comes from. We will need this strength to have a plan for joy, especially in the hard times. We don't, we have to choose joy. It doesn't come naturally. It just isn't a natural response. It's sort of like if you open up your tent and you're camping and there's a bear there. Well, fear is a natural response. You have to school yourself to calm that fear. In a very similar way, you have to school yourself to have this joy of the Lord when times are tough. And so you need to think. Think before the bad stuff happens. To the best of my ability, what am I going to do when it hits the fan? What am I going to do when it's tough? You need to have a plan For joy. So we're going to move back into Philippians here and talk about Paul. Okay, He's imprisoned, and he's basically waiting for what is going to be his execution. Okay? And so in Philippians it says, What then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is proclaimed. And in that I rejoice. Yes, and I will rejoice. For I know that through your prayers and the help of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, this will turn out for my deliverance, as it is my eager expectation and hope that I will not be at all ashamed but that with full courage now as always Christ will be honored in my body whether by life or by death for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Paul was most concerned about honoring Christ he wanted Jesus' name to be known above all other things whether that was through his life or through his death a life radiating with the joy of the Lord. Again in Philippians, so he's writing this letter to the Philippians in prison awaiting what is most likely going to be his execution. Do all things without grumbling or disputing that you may be blameless and innocent children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation among whom you shine as lights in the world holding fast to the world of life so that in the day of Christ I may be proud that I did not run in vain or labor in vain even if I am to be poured out as a drink Offering upon the sacrificial offering of your faith, I am glad and rejoice with you all, a man who is glad about the possibility of pouring his life out for Christ. He is willing to die for Christ because he understands the joy of the Lord. So in the midst of a tough circumstances, do what Paul did. Try singing. Try encouraging someone else. Mike Roderick, when he had surgery 18 months ago on his eyes, he had to lay face down for a couple days to, in order to recover, to let things set up right. I don't understand all of it. Okay? Genie and my wife, Genie is my daughter. Uh, she was three, four at the time, three. Uh, she went over and she prayed for Mike. And in the midst of this tough time, it was Mike who radiated the joy to my family. In the midst of, of his trouble, of his really bad experience, he gave us a story that Ava he called her, there's my little prayer warrior, gives her a big hug. That's a story we're going to tell Ava Genie her whole life because a man who in the midst of his own surgery, in the midst of his own pain, in the midst of his own suffering, suffering, looks at Jesus and looks at how he can share that with someone else. A life lived with joy is infectious. It's infectious. And you know what? It's he could see the work of the Lord, and he was part of that work. And in the midst of a tough circumstance, it's okay to be sad. It's okay to be confused. Just make sure that you're anchored on the rock of Jesus Christ. So, in Philippians, chapter 4, verses 1-23, through 23, it was a part of your reading for 2020, and it's going to be one of the things you talk about in life group on the outline. So I really hope you get a chance to read that together and dig into that. We're not going to go into it here. I, I want to hit on this on this mysterious tension that exists between sadness and joy. How can both of these emotions live in a person at the same time? I don't understand how it works. I don't know. I don't get it. I don't know that I ever will. And I I just know that for me personally, most recently because of Mike Roderick's death, he's not going to walk into my door again. He's not going to be a part of my life group. He's not going to hug my kids again. He's not. And I don't know how... I don't know how you feel sad and so happy at the same time. I don't know how you say, Mike is with Jesus. Praise Jesus. I don't know how you say that and also feel so sad at the same time. I don't get it. And I don't know. I don't know, what the, I don't know how that works. But I know that it happens and I know that it's okay. And so if you feel these conflicting emotions, that's okay. Let them both come out. Let them both come out. In Psalms, for his anger is but for a moment, and his favor for a lifetime. Weeping may tarry for the night, but joy comes with the morning. It may be bad now, but there will be joy in the morning. There will be joy tomorrow. It may be tough now, but there is joy coming. Whether that's here in this life, or if it's with Jesus in heaven, that joy is there. Romans eight twenty eight. When We know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. We have hope and joy in being a part of something bigger than ourselves. And this overall tapestry of life, we are just but one thread, and it is hard to see that when you stand back, it is a beautiful tapestry that you are a part of. Your small thread matters, and it ties into the thread next to you. So I'm going to close up here. I'm going to wrap up with two things. The first is, I want to read... Isaiah 35, 1 through 10. Hold on with me here, okay? This is also from your 2020, so this should be familiar. The wilderness and the dry land shall be glad. The desert shall rejoice and blossom like the crocus. I don't know what that word is. It shall blossom abundantly and rejoice with joy and singing. The glory of Lebanon shall be given to it. The majesty of Carmel and Sharon. They shall see the glory of the Lord, the majesty of our God. Strengthen the weak hands and make firm the feeble knees. Say to those who have an anxious heart, be strong, fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance, with the recompense of God. He will come and save you. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened, and the ears of the deaf unstopped, and the And then shall the lame man leap like a deer, and the tongue of the mute sing for joy, for waters break forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. The burning sand shall become a pool, and the thirsty ground springs of water. In the haunt of the jackals where they lie down, the grass shall become reeds and rushes, and a highway shall be there, and it shall be called the way of the holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it. It shall belong to those who walk on the way. Even if they are fools, they shall not go astray. No lion shall be there. Nor shall any ravenous beast come upon it, and they shall not not be found there, but the redeemed shall walk there. And the ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing, Everlasting joy shall be upon their heads. They shall obtain gladness and joy, and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. The desert shall rejoice and blossom with singing. The desert. Be strong. Fear not, God will save you. The blind will see the deaf will hear, the lame man shall leap like a deer, the mute shall sing for joy. God has a place for us out of the wilderness of our lives on this earth where no lion or beast prowls, a place with singing and everlasting joy where sorrow and pain have no home. No home. Does this ignite something within you? If you've ever gone crazy, for a walk-off home run on the bottom of the ninth, and this doesn't stir something inside with you, you need to check your priorities. Because Jesus just jacked one and flipped the bat. That's what he did, okay? Maybe, maybe you've never been blind, or deaf, or lame, or mute. But every time I look at Meyer Mass, do you know what I see? A deer bounding through the forest, definitely missing all of the twigs and the branches, the joy of the Lord. There is the joy of the Lord waiting for us. This is the God we serve that can rise people from the dead, that can make lame people walk. This joy should bubble up inside of you. It should cause you to live your life differently. Radiate that joy. So if you're here today and you're an unbeliever and you're looking for joy in all the wrong places, joy is found in God. Seek God and you will find joy. And if you want to accept Jesus Christ today, you can do that. Can I have all the life group leaders, ministry team leaders, and staff stand up real quick? Just stand up. If you're a life group leader, ministry team leader, or on staff, stand up. So if you're a guest here today and you don't know anybody here, find one of these people and ask them after service. Please be seated. We are privileged to go to a church with a pastor who cares about finding lost sheep. If you saw that man last Sunday at baptisms, right before, he's like a kid in a candy shop. He's like ice cream, and he's like, woo, baptisms, and he's got this joy, and it's happening. I am am so blessed to be a part of a church where a man wants to find lost sheep just like I was. And so if you're here today and you're lost, we want this to be your home. We want to find you, and we want you to know Jesus. If you do know Christ... You need to have a plan for joy in both good and bad times. You need to talk about your commitment with your accountability partner, close friend, or spouse. Decide today how you're going to radiate joyfully. Well, I'm going to bring Jamie Powell up. He's going to close us out. Thank you for listening.